Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tiny Tasks, Big Benefits. I'm Luna Fuentes, and in today's episode, we're going to have a look at the power of a question that is centuries old. What's the worst that could happen? It's time to grab a comfy cushion, get settled, and delve straight into the transformative power of tiny tasks. There's a Swedish proverb that says, Worry often gives small things a big shadow. Most of us struggle with anxiety to some degree. Oxford Dictionary defines anxiety as a feeling of worry, nervousness, or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Although we've all felt the symptoms of anxiety at one point in our lives, let's talk about some of the top symptoms that anxiety can give us, can produce in our bodies, and then we'll get to the tiny task that has the Herculean power to shrink that anxiety and fear. Our heart rates change. You might notice that your heart starts to beat faster. Of course, this is because your body is preparing to either fight or run away from a perceived threat. It's an ancient response that helped our ancestors survive. But in modern times, the threat might be a work deadline or a future social event. Our breathing changes. Your breathing might become more quicker and more shallow. This is your body trying to get more oxygen to prepare for that action, prepare for that fight or flight. Sometimes this can make you feel a bit lightheaded or dizzy, and it's important to try to take slow, deep breaths to help calm your body down. A churning stomach. Some people feel sick to their stomachs when they're anxious. I'm certainly one of them. I remember having this sensation of a churning stomach, worrying about something as young as seven years old. This happens because your body's directing blood and energy away from your digestive system to help other parts of your body prepare to respond to the perceived threat. It can help to take slow breaths and try to relax your body and that may have an effect on, on your digestive system and calm your stomach down. And of course, my favorite symptom, sweating. You might start to sweat more. Sweating is a natural response to anxiety, and it's a way for your body to attempt to cool down as it's preparing for action. And these are just some of the short-term effects of anxiety, and the list of long-term effects is even less desirable and can have long-lasting implications on our health. So, what is this tiny task that has helped many people manage day-to-day -day anxiety? Let's dive into it now. I think we've all had someone in our lives who asks us about the worst case scenario. Maybe that person is us, but I would challenge that we may not be asking it in the most powerful way possible. Asking what's the worst that can happen is part of a broader stoic strategy for managing fear and anxiety, which helps individuals foster resilience and mental fortitude. First though, who were the stoics? 
The Stoics were a group of philosophers who founded the philosophy of Stoicism, which originated in ancient Greece around the 3rd century BCE. They believe that the best way to lead a contented life is to accept things we can't change and to focus on improving ourselves. In fact, that phrase may have even reminded you of the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Some of us know this as the prayer from Alcoholics Anonymous, but it wasn't created for or by that program. It's actually believed to have been written in 1934 and adopted by AA closer to 1950. There are many similarities between what the Stoics believed and taught and the principles in AA. Here is what Stoic Epictetus taught his students in 100 AD. What then is to be done to make the best of what is in our power and to take the rest as it naturally happens? The Stoics believed in accepting things we can't change while focusing our energy on influencing the areas where we can make a difference. You see, this question isn't just a throwaway line we use to comfort ourselves or others vaguely. It's a powerful tool and a tiny task that unlocks a well of resilience and clarity within us. Let's break it down into simpler terms. Understanding the principle itself. We often fear uncertain situations because we imagine vague worst possible outcomes, which in most cases are highly unlikely to happen. Our objective is to reduce anxiety by methodically contemplating the worst case scenario and then realizing that we have the resources to cope with it or that might not even be as bad as initially perceived. Now let's break it down step by step. The first thing to do is identify the fear We need to begin by pinpointing exactly what you're afraid of. It could be a fear associated with a job interview, a medical diagnosis, or even a personal endeavor like asking someone out on a date. We look at the worst case scenario. Once the fear is identified, ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? And we visualize the absolute worst outcome in this situation. We rationalize the scenario By analyzing this worst case scenario rationally, would it end your world? Could you recover from it? In most cases, the worst case scenario is quite survivable, something you can bounce back from, albeit with some effort and some time. Next, we develop coping strategies. Now think of the strategies and steps you could take to mitigate the damage or recover if the worst thing were to happen. Having a plan in place can often reduce anxiety significantly. The final step is acceptance, accepting that you cannot control everything. Stoicism itself teaches the acceptance of things as they are, including the recognition that some things are beyond our control. By accepting the worst case scenario as a possibility, you strip it of its power to induce anxiety and fear. Now let's look at a real world example. Imagine you're apprehensive about giving a public speech. First step would be to identify the fear, which would be fear of forgetting your lines, stumbling over your words, or not being well-received. And then you have to imagine the worst-case scenario. You imagine forgetting everything, standing silent on the stage, and people leaving the room or laughing at you. Then we rationalize this scenario. 
Even if this happens, it would be embarrassing, but not the end of the world. Life would move on, and, and so would you. Then we look at developing coping strategies. To avoid forgetting your lines, you could have cue cards handy. To counter nervousness, you could practice mindfulness and deep breathing techniques. And then finally, we look at acceptance. Acceptance that even experienced speakers sometimes stumble, and that's okay. It's part of the learning curve. But what's the biggest mistake we make when we're asking this question or walking ourselves through this process? We might be familiar with this principle. We may even ask ourselves this question from time to time. But I just about guarantee that unless you're already aware of how powerful this question is, you're not maximizing the benefit of the question. The biggest mistake that people make when they're doing this is they stop too soon. So for the public speaking example, you ask yourself, what's the worst that could happen? And you imagine forgetting your lines. You then think to yourself, yes, that would be embarrassing. I won't let that happen. I'll be sure to study my lines. Do you feel better? Do you feel less anxious? Probably not. Now imagine having this conversation with yourself. What's the worst that could happen? Well, I could forget my lines. You could. That would be super embarrassing. It would. It would be terrible. Okay, so if you were super embarrassed, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could freeze. I could cry. People could walk out. I could pee myself. You could. If any or all of those things happened, what's the worst that could happen? They might leave terrible reviews. They might tell everyone they know how awful I was. Yeah, they might. If they do, what's the worst that could happen? I could lose my job because the speech was so awful. You could, but is that likely? No. If you lost your job, though, what's the worst that could happen? I could end up homeless with no way to take care of myself. Well, you could, but is that likely? No. And so on and so on. You see, if we stop at the I could forget my lines part, we're not really hunting down the fear. We need to chase it to the ridiculous to truly maximize the power of the question. Chase it down, all the way down, to the end. So let's review the steps. Number one, identify the fear. Start with defining your fear precisely, whether it's related to your career, health, or personal life. Step two, worst case scenario, imagine the extreme. Once identified, vividly imagine the most severe consequence that could arise from this fear. Don't forget, the key is to chase it all the way to the ridiculous. Step three, rationalize the scenario. Evaluate the extreme scenario practically. Could you overcome it and how would you overcome it? Remember, most hardships are temporary and manageable with time and effort. Step four, develop your coping strategy. Devise practical strategies to counter potential repercussions, easing anxiety through preparedness. Step five, acceptance. Understand and embrace the inability to control everything. Recognizing the potential reality of the worst case scenario can surprisingly diminish its fear-inducing powers. Now, how do we bring it all together in a 21st century kind of way? 
by using the what's the worst that can happen principle and truly chasing it down to the end of the line, you can reduce anxiety. When you name your fears, they diminish in power. You can also build resilience. Understanding that you can cope with worst case scenarios fosters strength and resilience. You can empower yourself. Knowing that you have strategies in place to cope or that you can build them will give you a sense of empowerment, helping you to proceed with more confidence and peace of mind. Remember, the goal is not to get caught in the negative, but to arm yourself with a realistic understanding of the possible outcomes, thus reducing unnecessary anxiety and fostering robust mental attitude to face challenges courageously. The key to all of these big benefits is to chase down your fear all the way to the end. Thanks for being here with me today in this cozy little corner where we celebrate growth one tiny but powerful step at a time. Remember, life's grandiose transformations are often born from the simplest of challenges. Until next time, step forward with courage, belief in yourself, and a heart brimming with hope.